0: This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee Number Five. Everyone who knows me knows how important is storytelling for me. I always believe that the story is the beginning and the end, and all the rest is always additions. But if there is not intention in the content, there is nothing to tell. Everything needs to be telling a story. And in the middle, something needs to change. Today we're gonna tell stories, and we have Hilary Ray with us. Hilary started her career in a very, very unusual way. I will let her tell a sad story because who's better than their story than her? And today she helps entrepreneurs and leaders to find their own voice and using the art of storytelling as a tool for effective communication. And it's all about being authentic and honest. It's something that I repeat and I repeat and I repeat because I believe in storytelling. I love storytelling. So welcome, Hilary. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this
1: conversation.
0: We need to get over this. I know you probably told the story a hundred times, but I want to tell it one more time how your career started.
1: Sure. So my background is in theater, but uh, a few years out of college, I on a whim thought I wanted to do comedy. I knew I could make people laugh in my everyday life. And I figured, okay, I've never been on a stage just being funny or telling jokes. Why don't I give this a try? Um, And so I I did. I, I signed up to perform in a comedy show. And it turned out that I was telling a story with a beginning, middle, and end. Instead of really telling jokes. It was funny, but it was a full story. And then I discovered that there were Uh, live open mic storytelling shows where the comedy didn't matter. You could just go and tell a story. And so I had a plan. I uh, at the time I was freelancing a bunch of jobs to cobble together my life. And I cashed in all of my change from my piggy bank to um, I went to the bank to the coin counter to pay to get into this storytelling show. And I'm carrying this this, um, you know, these Dollar bills that I had, all, had cashed in from the bank. And I'm walking down the street to the venue and it's pouring rain and a public bus in Philadelphia goes really fast down the street by me and splashes me head to toe. Oh my God. And you, you had to go on stage like that. Yeah. So I go to the venue with my last few dollars. I fill out the form. Basically, you just, you know what the theme is. And I was ready with a story, but I filled out the form saying I wanted to tell a story, but I put my name in the bag and it's up to the host to randomly select who goes out. And so I didn't even know if I would have that opportunity. And not only was I selected, they pulled my name out of the bag first. So here I am having never told a story in this like style in front of strangers before I'm soaked <laughs> and I have no examples of, of what, of what to do or what to happen. So I just trust, I went with it. And it was one of those things where as soon as I started the fear went away. I was fully expressing myself and telling a story that I felt very passionate about. And I knew it was funny. And it wasn't even about the competition aspect of it being a storytelling show where there's judges in the audience. It was just feeling that energy and that connection with the audience that got me hooked uh, with storytelling as an art form. And from there, I became more curious about how it's used in an everyday communication style and in in a business capacity and so i continued and followed that curiosity and you know through a number of other amazing stories and circumstances formed a full business around using storytelling as a communication tool and that's
0: amazing i i love your story and i love that you use storytelling and before the show, we were talking about this aspect of using storytelling about explaining things and make them easier. And I remember the name of the book is The Life of Fred. And this is a book that I bought for my kids and explained really difficult concept, math concepts and in real stories, in real life, how you apply it in real life. I'm honored that I got that skill and I, I love to storytelling and to explain things. And, and I feel like you can get to people better that way if you that instead of trying to put dry right concepts because that's hard. And so I want to ask like working with you, how you can incorporate someone who doesn't have that skill in their life because they feel like I had a client of mine who always tell me, oh, you tell too many stories. It's a waste of time. And I said, I was like, well, because of my stories, you understand better the concept. You, and you're and remembering a story and you remember
1: better, which he didn't realize at the time. He thought it was a waste of time. That's a common objection. Like, uh, uh why? And, and the objection usually comes of like, well, why would I try that? Why would I try to use storytelling to explain something? Because no one's going to pay attention. I, I'm going to talk too long and people are going to lose interest but it's actually not true there's science behind it too and there's all of these research studies of putting listeners in a room with a storyteller and and monitoring brainwave patterns and identifying that when someone is telling a story with a beginning, middle and end, and they're fully engaged and bringing the listeners on a journey, and there's an emotional truth in it, that the brainwave patterns of the storyteller completely sync up with the brainwave patterns of the listener. And so I am not a scientist, and I can't speak to that study beyond that little anecdote, but in taking that anecdote, I trust the inherent structure of story. And I also know, like as a listener, it's like what you said, like, I am so much more invested and engaged and open to understanding if someone is telling me a story versus talking at me, or using jargon that is over my head or assuming that I have context for things that I don't, I'm much more likely to remember what they said and also how they said it and who they are if they're using story.
0: And also it's about the intonation and the intentions that he used. And there is a reasoning why since we're little kids, people tell stories because there is a morale, there is something always to learn as part of the story.
1: Yeah. And I think the other reason why people give pushback or why I've heard similar objections like what you've said is that it's that not trusting that it's a learnable skill, that it's either you're a good storyteller or you're not. And that's not true either. There are some people, and I'm sure there are people in your life, I know there's people in mine that are really good off-the-cuff storytellers, like they can just start and like, they don't know what's coming out of their mouth and whatever it is, it's amazing. And I'm enraptured, but for most people it's work. And the the good news is that it's a skill that can be built and honed and then like practiced and used. And then it, the amount of work and extra prep that goes into it gets less and less as you use it more. It's like building a muscle.
0: I mean, with me, for example, I don't know. I would like to ask this question to you. Do you prepare? For an, for a talk, I don't. I feel uh, the more I prepare, the more I screw up. Interesting.
1: So I have a very like I have a process that I take people through, but it came from my original way that I crafted stories. And so I do prep work, but I do it. Uh, I do probably the opposite of what people do. I speak before I write. So that's like how I start. Like if I have an idea, I speak it out loud either to myself or to another person. And then I write, but I don't then take that written version and memorize it. I bring that, I like trust that I did a writing process that I can then bring the spoken version to life again. And yeah, I might like outline it before I'm about to go live and and speak, but it's that marriage of preparation and in the moment speaking that I think is where people need to find like, oh, what percentage of prep do I really need and what percentage can I trust myself to just be myself in the moment and communicate in the moment? And so I think it's all about individuals finding that balance for themselves. And so I love that you already know that about yourself. Well, for
0: example, I, I speak a lot internationally and I have my slides, but the audience sometimes is so different in every situation. You have those audience that they're going to be asking questions and you have those audience that they're like not speaking. So. I am I, always prepared for the unpredictable. So my slides are basic and then I just go with the, the flow. I, I know my shit, so I, I, can, I can say it in English, I can say it in Spanish, but also I can change the story depends who I'm talking to. And that's really important to know your target audience.
1: And I think that what you just described is possible for everybody to accomplish. And I think that there's a lot of people probably listening that feel like that is just like your skill set and your strength and maybe my skill set and my, my strength, but it is also something that people can work towards as their like as the style that they communicate. And I love it. And I it is about audience awareness too, and that exchange of energy in the moment and being able. To, to change in the moment if you need to.
0: Absolutely. The same like here being in the, I'm going to tell you a secret. My my production team gives me all these questions. I never read them for every little podcast. And I don't, I don't, I just love to talk to people or hear their stories So now, Timmy you know that you don't need to write them anymore. But anyway, um, I want to ask you something else. Because, for example, my first degree is in screenwriting. I had the honor of having one of the most amazing women. Her name was Marianne Dress and Dress. She was basically the one who invented soap operas. And I had the honor of having her as my teacher. I think I I was the last class she ever taught or one of the last But I learned from her something that I think it changed my life and that every story has the beginning, the middle, the end. But there is something else that is super important. That is when the penny drops. It's the moment of that everything changed. The moment that the character or the story changes just because of the understanding of the situation. So it's not the change itself, it's the understanding that something's changing or something needs to change.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think the first step is acknowledging that there's a beginning, middle and end. Because I think often people launch into a story or think they're telling a story and one of those components is missing or in some way, but yes, that added layer. And this is the layer that transforms the person listening also can transform the storyteller is that, that in like the internal reason for telling it. And that, that moment of perspective as the storyteller, looking back on the experience that you lived and bringing that to life for people. So you have a like a twofold job. You're in the story that you're talking about. And then you're also telling the story. Absolutely. But also the
0: stories in the details. And I found that that's a lot of people who want to tell the story. They want to tell something they did and people go too long. They don't know where to stop. So where do you stop giving details? Because you can give so, too much information and then it's where the storytelling start disappearing and you lose lost the audience.
1: Yeah. I think part of a story crafting process is once you know, okay, I have this thing that happened to me in my life that I want to talk about. And then you identify that moment or that life experiences, like what that beginning, middle and end is for how you want to talk about it. And then once you have that scaffolding, that structure, as you're starting to, practice telling it either out loud or writing is then finding those moments that you can zoom into to really bring the specificity and the detail to life and that you don't there's parts of the story that will just move forward move you forward and move the listener forward but then you can really pause and explore a detail and it's not that every. part along the way, you have to have a detail, a detail, a detail, a detail, but that you really make a choice about. And even if it's a choice in the moment of like how you want, like when I was telling you about the bus and the splashing, like I brought out more details, like a different detail than I would if I told it to you again, just now, because I just felt about like, I pictured the bus going down the street and the, the wave of rainwater going on me.
0: No, and also in your story was more important about explaining the detail of you getting in that emotional state of getting wet that you explain I was getting got into the hallway and the hallway was big and they have two doors on the side. So there, you need to judge what details are important to the story.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. And so I zoomed in on like my emotional state, um, like the, the being wet, but yeah, I didn't need to describe the room that I was in or, or how many people were there or things like that. But yeah, it's like, it's having a choice. It's, it's cool. It, you have a choice. You can talk about what you want to talk about, but really like zooming in on what's important. Yeah. The elements
0: that they're going to, co- this contributes to the story or Takes away the focus to the story. And also I want to, because you brought that before that, the humor in the stories. And I feel like, I mean, I put a lot of humor in my stories, but sometimes you need to be careful because you don't want to be that joker that is joke after joke after joke, because you're taking away from the story itself.
1: Yeah. I know for myself, and it's good that you also have this awareness for yourself, that I'm funny. I can own that. I I love making people laugh. I I know that my certain point of view and the humor I give on my own life experience, like it brings joy to me and brings joy to other people. But I think that it's important as each person is thinking about what stories they want to tell and how they want to tell them to not to choose what types of ingredients you want in your story. So if someone's like, I don't know how to be funny. I feel like that's not a part of who I am. And then they don't have to be.
0: Exactly. But a lot of people also believe that making fun of yourself or having fun with yourself, humor is part of who you are. And in my case, it's more ironic and sarcastic many times, but that's part of my personality. And it needs to come across when I write, when I because that's who is and believe me, I don't even say the 90% of the things that come to my head.
1: Yes. Humor is, has so many different layers and lenses. And so I think that it's just being aware of what your communication strengths are already and how you like to speak and and how you like to connect with people and building on there. And then if there's things you want to try, like, Oh, I like maybe instead of making a joke about myself here, I'll just be more honest or be like, remember how I felt in that moment. And I felt sad and share that with people and like taking those risks too, and like finding a balance.
0: I'm huge about work culture. I'm, we haven't, I have always said the most incredible team in the world, which is totally true. Uh, and I'm being honest here and humble. But uh, the thing is, I try to bring humor. And many times even I'm judged, I've been judged for that, not necessarily by my team, but you're breaking the line between you and your team. And to me, being human is a huge part of being a leader. So, and you know that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners like I do. So how do you help them to communicate? Because the communication with your team is huge. You're not only to talk to them in the professional lingo, you also are human beings.
1: Yeah, I have this this term that I coined. That's part of what I call the five key elements of personal narrative. And it's, it's called going beyond the blazer. And the reason I came up with that term is because when I first built my storytelling business, after I was performing a lot and really developed the business, I was doing a lot of trainings where I was going into big companies and working with teams. And I would come in and I didn't know the the culture of the team or how people, what relationship people had with each other or how people treated each other. And so I thought I just had to be buttoned up and professional and I would put a blazer on and be this version of myself that I now call watered down. Like, I just don't think I was fully being myself. And so when I realized that I was doing that and that it wasn't serving myself and serving how I teach storytelling, I came up with this idea of, you know, storytelling is about Finding that bridge between our work life and our professional life and our personal life, and the more we can just show up as human beings to each other, the more effective leaders we can be. The the deeper the trust is that we built amongst our team and how and the trust we have with people that are in our audience or our clients, and the deeper connection. And so I think as the leader, offering the stories first is a gift to your team because it's inviting them to then offer stories in return and also it's and also it's uh, opening the opportunity to see your brain your
0: who you are I feel like my team many times need to have the crystal ball and be at, ahead of me and they only can do that by knowing how I would think I would think in such situation
1: yeah and so it's finding that balance and finding like and again it's baby steps too of like well, why do I want to share that maybe isn't directly work related, but it makes sense for what I'm trying to communicate to my team. Like, let me share that, that thing for my life um, to, to get this point across and like really, yeah, like integrating the personal and the professional. And I think some people have it completely separate and some people are really good at blending. Some people give a little too much. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you a question. Do you feel,
0: find any pushback, from your entrepreneurs because I feel like being an entrepreneur many times is a very lonely place and probably for you too because we we find this set of skills actually I was talking today in another in a radio show about this with Forbes Ridley it's a lonely place in the way you lose friends and you left friends behind because being an entrepreneur is not only a lonely space that you're trying to do everything for yourself only someone who's going or who went through something very similar can understand the struggles, the wins, the roller coasters that it feels?
1: Yeah, I I try as much as possible to share ex- my life experiences as an entrepreneur. And sometimes it takes me a moment to process what's going on. And so whatever's happening isn't ready to be a story, but I'm constantly looking for the stories that I can tell that will help me understand my path and help other people understand. But I think the, again, this is a a common thing that I hear from entrepreneurs specifically is, oh, well, I'm not at my ending yet. Like I haven't gotten that six figure contract and I'm not working 20 hours a week and traveling around the world. So why would I talk about what's happening to me? Because it feels messy or it feels like I'm still have so many hurdles. And my pushback to that, well, it's real. And then my pushback to that is like, well, that's not actually a real ending. And there the only ending we're ever waiting for is death. And so there's like honestly, you can find ends to every life experience and you can tell a story with a beginning, middle, and end without like waiting for this like Disney ending for your life to happen.
0: And that's why you can have always the next chapter, or you can have a spin-off, or you can write another series of the other part of your life.
1: Right. And so really, like once people accept that and they're like, oh, but I do have so many stories to tell, even if I'm if that's not like if I don't have to wait for that, because there's all of this other stuff that I can talk about that's relevant to my work, relevant to who I am now, relevant to my values. And so I think like once people see that they don't have to wait, (laughs) then it, then it, they have the freedom to, and even if it feels like an isolating experience, I think sharing an entrepreneurial story with, with an audience of other entrepreneurs is a way to then connect and not feel isolated.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to ask you, usually ask to give me three tips, but this time I'm going to ask you to give me six tips. Why? I want to know first why you should use storytelling. Okay.
1: So, so are you asking me six different questions or you want six answers? No, no, no.
0: And I want three tips about how to, uh, why you should use storytelling. And then I want three tips in how to use storytelling.
1: Okay. For the why is that they leave a lasting impression. And so if you want to be remembered, use storytelling. That's, t- that's reason number one. Why? It makes people understand what you're saying in a clearer way. And it allows people to actually listen to what you're saying in a deeper way. That's number two. And then my third one, why? It's a really Fun communication tool to use that actually makes a lot of professional communication uh, easier to handle, to conquer. And that fear of public speaking or what will happen, what will these people think of me, worrying about judgment, that all goes away because you can trust the tool and trust the stories you're telling that they'll do all the work for you. Perfect. Now, how to use storytelling? So I think one great how is to start with a story. So whether that's when you're introducing yourself to new people, if you're giving a big presentation and you want to grab people's attention, if you're going on a podcast or you have a podcast, opening your host intro with a story, starting with a story grabs attention and keeps people invested.
0: Oh my God, we should totally do that. From now on, I'm changing the how we do a podcast.
1: That's a brilliant idea. I'm more likely to continue listening to a podcast if the host begins with a story, even if it's the intro to a guest, like if they bring me in with a story from their life, I do not hit pause. I keep listening. You got me on that one
0: and I'm going to use it. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and for the tip. And I hope that you start listening to the podcast because I'm going to be telling a lot of stories from now on. Yeah, I'm so excited. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This was great of course. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, remember to leave a review. I will really appreciate it. If you want to know more about marketing and myself, follow me on Instagram. My handle is Lara Schmoisman. Was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.